Happy Wednesday, folks, and welcome to the Eric Aner's Lang Show. Wait a minute. I'm an imposter in the house. It's the Eric Aner's Lang Show on a Thursday? On a Wednesday. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a day early or a day late. Oh, you know, I actually, just going back to Halloween, before we get into what's so special about what you're about to witness with your earballs, earlobes, ear canals, eardrums. Canals. It's a, it's a canal that has a drum. It's a tube. I'm thinking like Venice meets Rio. Okay, t- talk to me about Halloween, you fucking chicken. What'd, you, what'd you go at? I was a chicken for Halloween. You were Rip from yeah, I was, Yellowstone. And uh, I hate, honestly, I don't like doing costumes from shows and movies. Like, I want to be an archetypal thing. Yeah. Like, you got it figured out. Yeah, I'm just, a, I'm just an item. You're like, a thing. Yeah, I'm a thing. But what's funny about a chicken is that, um, you know, it just happened. Pe- people were coming up to me and they're like, why are you a chicken? And I was like, it just came out of my mouth. I was like, I was feeling kind of funky. <laughs> or like, you know, I was kind of hungry. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of talking points when you're a chicken. Mm, a lot of people are like, what What happened first? Yeah. Well, actually, that was my joke is that if I did have a, if I did meet a lady, I could say which came first. And then I would point to her stomach. Golf, <laughs> comedy, travel. Eric Lang show. I guess I point to her stomach and be like the egg. Or it's uh, not in the stomach, I guess. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't know if it's in the stomach. No. I mean. <laughs> the, the company is his baby. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. It's my darling, darling child. And we have a new. It's also kind of my daddy sometimes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so this is all. This is all crazy, unusable. But... So you could use it. Yeah, yeah, I probably just leave it in. Anyway, um, if we're, if we're not careful. We're gonna do a podcast. Jay this Larson is for someone else's this show. This is just an opening bit to get you into our good friend Jay Larson, who you may have seen on the YouTube channel. He and I had a fucking hilarious match. Um, Jay is one of these guys. Oh, if you got to go back and listen to the podcast, the episode that he and I did mm-hmm. together. He had me on the floor laughing. Um, you know, I found him uh, early pandemic. He had this like hilarious joke that I heard on social where basically a random number rings and he just answers it and uh, basically plays along. You know, the phone rings and they say, Bill, I'm very upset. And he's like, what are you upset about? And they're like, the deal's falling through. And he's like, the deal's falling through. And he just plays along. And like Jay Larson is one of these guys who, when we were thinking about this idea for Golf Line, which is ultimately a a crowd work, comedic golf call-in show with guests, um, Jay was the first person to come to my mind. You know, like it was just, he's so funny. He's so kind of like, um, his humor is like quick and and it's really my sense of humor in the sense that it's like loving, but it's also like he's not going to not make fun of you. Yeah, he'll he'll get right to the point. And think about the show like this. Think about going to the best clubhouse experience of your life in golf. Yeah. And instead of whoever's working the counter or whoever's the starter that day, instead of having a not so great experience with that person, what if that person was one of the better comedians in the world right. and wanted to hear your best golf story? Yeah, and, ju- and just like made you feel like, you know, it's your show. So, um, look, enjoy the show, uh, number one. Number two, head down in the description to this podcast. Uh, there is a link where you can subscribe to the Golf Line podcast. Uh, what is it called? It's, feed? It's feed. Because basically we're going to show you a preview of the show here. It's a teaser. Yeah. About 30 minutes of the full first episode. And this is with Nate. This is with Nate Bargatze. Also a legendary legendary comedian, comedian and go- avid golfer playing at Pebble Pro-Am this year. So he's the, he's the real deal. We'll see him there maybe. Who knows? Um, and, uh, and listen to this episode. But if you want to hear the full, uncut, uncensored, full episode, head to the description, click the link, 
and go subscribe to the new golf line Wait, feed. Are our episodes censored? Oh yeah, yeah. I I take out all the crazy things. You so say. so Jay's isn't censored. Yeah, Jay gets to say whatever he wants. It was in his rider. Really? I mean, you should check your contract. Like, we, I when, don't know. When you renegotiate. I have a contract. You should, you should, look, in, you should look into that. All I know is that Random Golf Club owns me. That's what I learned. Recently. I don't even have a name anymore. <laughs> We're so happy to be working with Jay. Uh, the show's a blast. Every week on Tuesdays, it's going to drop on YouTube. Every week on Wednesdays. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. It's been a long time coming, and it's a great show that we put a lot of work into. The jingle is on point. Enjoy Golf Line, and please subscribe to Jay's baby child, audio child. Uh, cool. Thank you. Thank you, JoJo, for making this happen. I know you put a lot of energy into this, and this isn't the last time I'm going to celebrate you. And it's also not the first, but I'm really grateful you put a lot of work into this. It's a medium time. Medium it's a medium celebration. It's, it's the fourth inning. Congra- it's a fourth inning high five. <laughs> it's an emotional rescue. <laughs> um, all right. Without further ado, enjoy the show and click the link in the description to subscribe. See ya. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the Golf Line Podcast with Jay Larson. I am Jay Larson, your host. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. It's been a long time since I've been doing a podcast. Some of you may know me from the Crab Feast Podcast and then the Throughline Podcast and now the Golf Line Podcast. Some of you may know me through stand-up comedy. Some of you just may know me as Random Guy. Some of you may be here because of Eric Anders. No one really knows how to pronounce his last name. Um, Some of you might be fans of the Connor Moore show and the golf sketches that I was able to put out with those guys. Uh, Either way, I'm glad you're here. Uh, You know, Eric had this idea about doing a podcast and he asked me if I want to come on board. And then Jojo, our producer, my producer, we got together and we kind of formatted the show. And what you're going to see is we're going to talk a little golf at the top of the show. We're going to take calls from people. Sometimes we'll talk to people. Sometimes I'll comment on it. And then uh, every now and then we're going to mix in an interview. You know what I mean? Of course, this is our pilot episode. We're going to come with the big guns. We're going to come with the big guns today. I'm going to start off the show telling you a little bit about what my golf background is. Then I'm going to take a couple calls. I'm going to we have a story from this one clown. Wait till you hear this guy. Uh, I don't know if we, you know, this is the great thing about golf is you don't ever have had to have golfed with this person, but you will know exactly what was going on with this cat. And then Nate Bargatze, in my opinion, it's got to be top five comedians working today. He, what he does is in comedy as a comedian i watch nate and i just am in the back of the room and i'm baffled and i'm just like how how does he do this how does he do it it's so simple it's so smart yet so dumb he's so dumb um i'm kidding he's just great at what he does and i'm excited to have him on the show today um for those of you who are wondering yes i'm a stand-up comedian and director and writer i act sometimes but i'm not good I'm just not good at it. You know what I mean? Most people have one job. I happen to have four or five, and I'm just not good at one of them. You know what I mean? I like it, but, you know, there are people who are, like, really good. 
I'd say in acting, I'm like a 22 handicap, right? Directing, I'm like a, I think I'm like a, like a four. Writing, I'm like maybe a, maybe a 10 to 12, depending on the subject matter. Stand up, I'm like maybe an eight. That's what I am in golf right now. I'm like a 7.6. Um, Anyways, a kid I grew up in a little town in Massachusetts, Stone of Massachusetts, home of Nancy Kerrigan. Don't sweat it. She's an Olympian. Um, they had a little nine-hole course in my town called Unicorn. People from other towns called it Canicorn. Uh, there was, if you don't know what can of corn means, it means easy. Back in the day when they would do your groceries, you would get a can of corn to be on the top shelf and they'd have a bag out and they'd go, can of corn! And they would just drop it. It's like a baseball term. If it's a pop fly, it should be a can of corn. It should be easy. Anyway, we had one par five there. When I was a kid, I never took golf lessons. I didn't have clubs. The first clubs I had, my Aunt Rue, all right, great Aunt Rue, who died at 100, was she, yeah, 100, she lived to a, C note. She gave me her old clubs when I was young. I used to hit my grandfather's clubs in the backyard. They were like wooden, like wooden, wooden driver and stuff. He was big into golf. So I always wanted to golf, but like getting to golf with a single mom, you think I'm like, I had a big backyard so I could hit golf balls back there. And every now and then I'd hit him into a house. What can you do? Um, but, uh, I had those clubs. We wouldn't even go to Unicorn. They wouldn't let you out on Unicorn. Like, if we showed up to go play Unicorn, like, the way you got in line at Unicorn, you didn't call and make a reservation. There was this, like, ring that you would drop your ball in, and it would sit there, and then you'd go. But anyway, uh, Paul Leone, this kid in my town, when we got to, like, middle school, took me and another buddy out to – he was a member at the country club. It was Bear Hill Country Club, which was nine holes, but it had alternating tees on a bunch of holes, so it was 18. So, like, holes played different. It was a cool little course. They had a pool, tennis, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we went and played there. We played nine. I shot a 109, just to give you an idea. Then, in high school, we started in sixth grade. We took intramurals golfs with Miss Murphy. Okay, Miss Murphy was a sixth grade teacher, and she started intramurals. So, we'd all go out and play. It was really cool. And then, when I was, like, in eighth grade, my Aunt Val got me some clubs at a yard sale. Okay. Those were my clubs for a while. And then finally, when I was in college, I could afford to buy clubs. And I'm like, I'm not fucking around. I'm not fucking around. And I bought myself some big bursts. Not Berthas, T-H, Bursars, B-U-R-S-A-R-S. hundred bucks, knockoffs for big Berthas. I had the craziest slice of all time to the point where like I could hit a, there was a tree on one hole. It's like the seventh hole at Unicorn, Pa four downhill. And I would, uh, not really a hill, I would, the tree was on the left side of the fairway, I would aim left of that tree, and it would go out and come around and come back in at like a right angle onto the fairway. I was still decent, because I always played sports as a kid, but wasn't great. College, we started playing some buddies, I played on the baseball team in college, and then when I moved out to LA for the first six months, I played a lot of golf, just like learning the city. And I got down, like, I didn't keep a handicap or anything like that. At that point, when I moved, my buddy from who was on the golf team in high school who played baseball with me gave me his old Mizunos. Those were my clubs. I played those Mizunos for years until I could, when I shot my half-hour Comedy Central special, what's up, 10 years ago, 2011, I used some of that money to buy myself my first set of new clubs ever. And I can't even, why can I not remember? Oh, they were also Mizuno 
like not cavity backs. They were like, they weren't blades, but they were close. Anyway, then I got rid of those, got King Cobra blades. And uh, then I finally moved on to where I am now. I'm playing ping eye blades. Boom. I have never hit a hole in one. And I don't even know if I've come close. Okay. I don't even know if I've come close. I played a like an eight right now, seven something, I guess. Not even close. Uh, I took my first golf lessons in my 30s. That was my ex-wife was a birthday gift one year. She got me 10 lessons. One of the coolest gifts I've ever got. Guy was a height, but uh, it was great to uh, get out there and get lessons. I was never a country club guy, although I would love the country club life. And if I'm going to join a country club, you know what? I'm going to wait on that, and I'm going to do a whole thing on what I want out of a country club. And another rep. Not right now. Another episode. I was a caddy as a kid. Let me just tell you this. I have kids now, so I'm teaching my kids golf. You got to teach them. When we golf, I get the last tee time of the day at an executive nine-hole course. And if we get seven holes in, great. And I don't care where they hit. I just know that if it's in someone else's fairway and there's people coming down, I go, go grab it, bring it back. I'm not messing with people's. People are out there that are wanting to get some golfing. Don't get your kids all up in their shit. You know what I mean? Go to the range. Go to a putting green. Don't let them fuck up. You know. Anyway, um, I was a caddy. So I know all the rules. You know, I know what to do. And when I go out there with buddies, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I don't think if you walk across my line, it's going to affect my putt, but you just don't do it because it's etiquette. And there's something fun about following etiquette in golf. There's just something fun about it. There's something fun about going to a nice restaurant and being like, yeah, you just dress up a little. Or like if you go to like the ballet or a play, you don't wear a hoodie guy who was at the Nutcracker last Christmas. Um, and I play Pro V1s. I love golf. I love what it's all about. I love to have fun with it. My favorite thing about golf, guys and gals, is when you're out there and you can play with someone where you can talk about shots, but have fun. I like it when I'm with someone who's good and they're like, what are you going to do here? And I'm like, well, I'm going to hit a hooded four iron. I'm going to put the ball back in my stance and I'm going to take it just under the tree branches because of this shot, I'm in the trees and then put a cut on it. So it comes back around and hopefully rolls up to the green. That's what I like to talk about. And then I'd be like, well, what do you do? And they were like, I'd maybe hit a punch nine to just get out to the fairway because I don't want to mess with that bunker up there. And I'm like, fuck that bunker, bro. Fuck it. Um, That's mean golf. Golf's a great uh, in comedy. There's a lot of people that golf. And it's great to get out there and you get, you know, I'll be honest. 18 holes is a long time. You know what I mean? Especially if you're playing with someone who doesn't play. Listen. Will I have a couple beers out there? Yeah. Will I smoke a joint once in a while? Rarely. Uh, my, my round is going to have to be so bad. It's just I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that can just rip a joint and then just go crush 82. You know what I mean? That's not who I am. Uh, I like my focus. I like getting there early. I like hitting the range. I like knowing I don't need to hit a ton of balls. I just need to know that my I'm getting good off. Um, I'm good off the tee. Like my, my driver is dialed in just for the round. Or at least I know where it's at. You know what I mean? I think I could hit 18 balls and then know where my driver's at. And then I like to roll some putts just to get. You know what the thing is, too, though? You roll putts and then on the third hole, someone's like, the practice screen's a little quicker. Why is a little quicker? I adjust. I adjust. Um, 
That's what golf is, guys. It's a game of adjustments, just like any sport. Um, that's my history in uh, in golf. The shows, guys, we'll be talking golf. I'll be throwing comedy, and I'll be throwing life lessons in. You know what I mean? So you guys got to call in. You're going to fuel the show. I mean, I'll take top of show, but if there's things you want me to discuss in a monologue format like I'm doing right now, call in 1-833-MY-GOLF-LINE. Leave your message. You want some advice, which we'll do today. You want to tell us a story, which we'll do today. Whatever it's going to be, just if it's golf related and it's fun and it's weird or crazy or interesting, whatever it is, everyone's idea of what's interesting and crazy is uh, a little different. You know what I mean? So what you might think is wild and crazy, we might be like, dude, get out more. Your idea of wild and crazy might be us being like, should we call the authorities? Because this person is fucked. Whatever it's going to be. You know what I mean? Um, So let's get into it. Okay. We got some calls this week. We had a lot of people once we launched. We had a lot of messages. We had like 52 voicemails. And uh, we narrowed it down. We took out some highlights. You know, we also don't want to inundate you with, with, uh, you know, Anyone, whether you're short, long on your message, whatever, just be you. Be you. That's what this is all about. We just want people who enjoy golf and have stories, and we'll get into it. So let's go to the uh, let's go to the voicemails. Hey Jay, my name is Miles. I'm a 20.2 handicap, and uh, I'm just calling in to see if and when there is an appropriate time to go for the hero shot. I find myself most rounds in a situation where I can play it safe or I can try to get by by the skin of my teeth and cut a couple strokes getting through the trees. And time and time again, I do go for option number two there, which I know I shouldn't. So that being said, when should I go ahead and go for the hero shot? Thanks, Jay. Miles, first of all, first of all, who in the world, Miles, first of all, this is what I love about this guy. I know I love him already. I know I'd be out there golfing with him because he's a 20.2. No, no one's, dude, listen, once you're over uh, a 10, you don't need the points. You know what I mean? We know what you are. And when you're in the 20s, bro, 20.2, do you think any of us out there are going to be like, should we give him 21? Nah, he's 0.2. You're a 20, bro. You're a 20. And I love you because this is what it is. There are guys out there, you're keeping an index and you're a 20.2, so you care. You're saying the 0.2 because you care. Because that means maybe you were a 24 six months ago. Either way, you care. And I love you for it, okay? I really do. I think it's great, dude. And... I, I already hear potential and promise in that message. You know what I mean? And also, I know that if you're a 20.2, you're always going for the hero shot, bro. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a 20.2. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love that you're, you said, first of all, we all know that you're up against the hero shot every round. We know you are, brother. You're a 20.2. My buddy Rye from home, he, we still, we're 46 years old, and we still talk to each other on the phone like we're 12. He'll call me. He's like, oh, brother, Bosox, second place. What are they doing? 
And I'll be like, all right. Um, and then I call him, what are you going to do, brother? Fantasy football. Um, this is what I think about the hero shot. I think it starts with your day. You know what I mean? How are you feeling? What is the, what is the situation? What's your score? I take every... It is really hard. First of all, I'm a stand-up comedian, okay? I moved to Los Angeles with $3,200 in my pocket and $22,000 in student loan, and I knew one person in Los Angeles. That was in 2000. I bought a Nissan, like a 78 Nissan in San Diego for $700 that a guy hustled me at a parking lot like of a Safeway, Right? 700 took me down to 2500 drove it up to la never test drove it on the freeway that thing was shaking it died after a week in la all right i had to do first and last month's rent that was 800 that took me down to 1700 i had to get a new car which took me down i i literally bought a used car for 1800 bucks that let me pay installments i had to put 500 down that took me down to 1200 then i had to buy furniture for my home okay and food all right, so for me, my life is a hero shot, bruh, bruh. Now, every now and then, do I just punch out? Yeah, but rarely, because I told you, I got that hooded forine out of the woods. I can punch anything out, but if you're dealing with water or going through the trees, I'm always looking for that. I don't believe trees are 90% air or whatever that, I don't, that is not me. I know if I get through, I'm lucky, if it's like a tight corner. Now, normally, I'm not in that situation, bro. But if it's like I'm trying to go over water and I'm is it like a flop shot? Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go for it because you know what? I'm I'm doing now. If I'm like on the 13th hole and I'm two over, no. I'm not going for it. Unless I've been grooving everything and I step up. Normally what happens for, for me is I step up to a shot, I look at it, I see it in my head. You know what I mean? I'm like bag of vance, bro. I see it, I'm like boom, there it is. I go. And that's it. And you deal with the consequences. But if it's going to blow me up to an eight, which, by the way, you know, I don't know when the last time I had an eight was. I just like my blow ups. Here's the real problem. If you go hero shot and it doesn't work and then you go hero shot again, this is where you're going to start like killing yourself. Because if you're at a point that you're really keeping your score, even if you're at 20.2, you got to. You got to start looking at the card and being like, do I really want an eight right now? Or do I just want to suck? Because the reality is, guys and gals, we all know. We all know if we look back at our score. So you know what I do sometimes when I keep my score I, and I'm alone? I go score, fairways, greens and regulation, putts. And then I can look back. And anytime I'm on the fairway, it's a par or bogey or birdie. It's never a double bogey. You know what I mean? Unless you go in the drink, if there's water in front of the green, it's just never. Anytime it's a green regulation, it's always a par or better. Always. You're never, just don't three putt. If you three putt, it's a boat, you know, that's where it comes down to. So you got to practice all these different elements of your game and just like know ahead of time. Another thing, uh, my man, Miles, I think it was Miles. Listen. Look at the, look at, you know, every, every course has got that 340 yard par four. Don't be a hero there. Go bro. And go driver. If you've been shanking it, be smart there. Like know where you can attack. You know, I used to tell this buddy of mine, I'm like, dude, play to your best shot off the tee. Like if you know, it's a 340 yard hole and your best club is your eight iron and you hit it 150 and it's 380, you need 230. You don't need driver hit 230 off the tee. Set yourself up for that next shot. 
Um, anyway, Miles, thanks for the call, buddy. Keep us posted on uh, how you improve. Next call. Let's go to the messages. Jay, what's up? My name is Dandy Young. I'm from Alma, Michigan. I am playing the old tour action, Cleveland tour actions. That's the clubs I use. They're about 15 years old. Way too old. I still use them. Here's my problem. I get inside 100 yards, swing normal, and it shanks straight right. I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help. Sandy. <laughs> first of all, did you guys hear in the background? There was like someone going, yeah, you're on the first. Day. Like he's at a golf course. This is what I love about golf is we're crazy. We're, we're addicts. You can't. We just we need it. We need it. You know what I mean? It's insane. He's there right now calling. God knows what he's doing. I mean, who knows what this guy's doing? Sandy. I also like anyone who's got like, you ever met a guy named Courtney? Love it. You ever met a guy named, uh, who's that director? Ugh. Who's that director? Glasses. Been in a ton of stuff. Director Michael Clayton. Um, Jojo, do you know? Can you look that up? Yeah, it's going to kill me. He's got a, like, he's got a, what? Michael Clayton? It's just Michael Mann, right? Michael Mann? He didn't do Michael Clayton? No. Sidney Pollock. Sidney. Who's the guy that just called in? Sandy. 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 By the way, Sandy from Greece. Sandy. Anyway, um, I just like names like that. Sandy, let's just talk about it, bro. You you told us in the message what the problem is. You're you're working with 15-year-old clubs. I think we all know. Golf is something where technology is definitely helping the game. You know what I mean? Like, what are, what are people doing in basketball? The ball hasn't changed. The court's the same size. You know, the rim is always going to be 10 feet. There's always going to be a backboard. You know, like, technology isn't going to improve basketball. Baseball had improved it. They also just juiced the balls. Soccer, tech, what technology? Now, you're training and, like, training facilities, sure. But golf... Tennis. Remember the, the 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 rackets that like McEnroe and Martina Navratilova were out there swinging. I mean, it's it's insane. By the way, Martina Navratilova has won like fifty three Grand Slams. She won like twenty something single Grand Slams, and then was like, nah, I'm just gonna do doubles till I'm like fifty and dominates. Um. So one, I would look into your clubs. But when it comes down to 100, you know what's crazy? It's probably something you don't work on. I don't know if you guys know Rory Scovell. He's a comedian and actor, and uh, he will be on the podcast at some point. But, like, he crushes off the tee. Like, insane. He hits a ball off the tee, and you're just like, are those balls? What are you hitting? I mean, he hits crazy balls anyway. He's always, like, on some gimmick ball. But, like, when it gets into around 100, he, it's not like he's shanking like you're saying you're shanking. It's just his game isn't there because he's not working it. So, one, are you working your 100 in? Are you working it? Two, are you setting yourself? Why are you always 100 in? You know what I mean? Are you getting off the tee to a point? Like, I know my best club in my bag is an 8-iron. I hit it 155. Why? Because as a kid where I used to get off the tee would land me at 155, and that's, like, what I've – become comfortable with the one club. If I had to grab a club out of my bag would be my eight iron. And I love it. 10 cup. It's a seven iron Lawson eight iron. So that's the first thing I would ask. I'm not a golf coach, so I don't know, but if you're shanking everything right and you're righty, I don't know. Are you, 
is the ball way back in your stance and you know you're or you're are you just swinging your hips out way too early i don't know you might have the yips you you need to just i don't know it doesn't sound like it's honestly your your maybe your focus is off i really i can't i'd have to see it but all i know is i would go to the range preferably one that has grass at the range and i would just sit with a bucket and my 100 yard club you know for me that's a 50 degree gap and i would get 100 balls and i would just start hitting like normal i just start hitting and see if you're shanking then i'd move the ball up in my stance. Then I move it back in my stance. Then I would hit it off a tee. I would just do every little thing again, because I'm not a golf coach and I'd slow down my swing, go to 80%. You know, like sometimes when I'm off, especially like long irons, I hit my long irons for shit. I, I cannot hit a four iron straight. I don't have a three iron. I'm, I, I gave up on that years ago. When I see dudes with two irons, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck off. Okay. You shouldn't be here. Um, you should be on a tour somewhere, dude. Why aren't you on the corn ferry tour, dude? Um, so I would try those things, bro. And know that golf golf is cyclical. You're hitting your driver, you're shitting your long irons. You're hitting your wedges, you can't get off the tee. You know, that's the way it goes. So that's what I would do. Just work it. I would work it. Um, and I appreciate the call. As always, one eight three three my golf line. Call in, guys. See what's happening. You see what Miles is doing. You see what Sally's doing. Sandy, uh, Sandy, here's what I say. Um, we're going to take this next call. We're not going to play the voicemail. We listened to it, Jojo and I, and I said, um, I said, bro, let's just get that story straight up. Jojo, should we play like 10 seconds of it? Let's play a little. No, we don't need to. Let's just go right into it. Let's, uh, let's get him on the horn. Let's make the call, Jojo. Hello. What's up, man? How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. And yourself? I'm great, buddy. I'm great. It's uh, Friday afternoon. It's 1230 in Los Angeles. Where are you located? You're in Canada, but where are you? I'm in uh, I'm in uh, New Brunswick, Canada. So it's 430 here. So I just finished my sweet federal job off for the weekend. Love your style, dude. Love your style. So here's the deal, man. You left a story on the voicemail that me and Jojo and anyone else over there that had heard it was just like, I immediately, I was like, we got to, I want to talk this story through from start to finish with you. Okay. So are you cool? Like, let's just do this. I know you left the voicemail, but I want everyone to kind of experience this at the same time as me. Are you cool walking us through this? Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a story that's kind of been, been trapped in the back of my mind and, you know, being so over the last few years and getting back into golf the last two years, it's kind of nice to, to share that kind of one of those ridiculous stories I have. So I'm, I'm all for it. All right, do it. So this start, this was for you. This was five years ago. This happened. No, this is, uh, I'm 29. So this is eight years ago. I was 21. Yeah. Eight years ago now. And you're sober now. So I'm guessing back then you weren't sober. I, no. So I, I, I wasn't sober. I've been sober now for four years. Nice. Um, I kind of went through my, you know, nightmare years as a, as a teenager and early twenties and, and kind of had some issues, obviously by that story, you can tell. And, and I had quit golfing when I was 19 or 20 ish, um, sold my clubs and everything. And, and this kind of, this, this, in this instance came up just based on like my reputation with somebody's brother I knew, uh, who knew I was a good golfer and, and he offered me like a couple hundred bucks and three drinks. 
All right, but you weren't just a guy who was good at golf. You were you were working towards becoming a pro golfer, yeah? Yeah, so that was my that was my goal. Like I my dream obviously was always to be a pro golfer. Up in Canada, hockey's obviously a big part of it as well. So I, I had to do a balancing act, but golf was always my number one uh love, like my true love. I was down to about a scratch of plus one when I was when I was sixteen, seventeen. <sighs> Um, I was working at a golf course. I wanted to do my PGA and be a, a club pro, and, and that was my, my dream. So that's kind of where I was until I turned 19 and I went off the rails. Okay, so let me ask you this real quick. Um, when you were in high school, you're a plus one, which is insane. In your room, did you have a Wayne Gretzky poster on your wall, or did you have a Mike Weir <laughs> poster on your wall? <laughs> I had a Nicki Minaj poster, man. <laughs> I love it. So you're a plus one in high school. And now you're 19, you're out of high school, obviously, you know, I think we all go through uh, starting to drink and experiment with drugs. But for some people, especially in the addiction world, it just isn't ever going to be something that people can balance. I think that's kind of where you were at, obviously, being sober now four years. Congratulations, by the way. What were your clubs and where did you sell them and how much did you sell them for? Okay. Yeah, so I, I I had a set of mirror blades. Fitted mirror blades, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the exact models. This was a few years ago, so I don't remember what the model was called. But they are left-handed fitted mirrors, which is a hard thing to find. Um, you know, full Volky wedges, pitching wedge down to down to lob wedge, Titleist up in the upper bag, and 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 Scotty Cameron. I sold them for for six hundred and fifty dollars total uh, to some guy off of uh, Kijiji, which is like our Craigslist in Canada. And I used that money promptly to go buy, you know. Drugs and alcohol. Okay. First of all, I love that you six fifty for that set. I mean, that set's got to be like five G's. But you're also a lefty, so I mean, it's like finding someone that good that's a lefty that, like I said, isn't Mike Weir is going to be tough. It, it was. It was. Uh, you know what? It's. It's. It was easier than you would have thought. Like there's a there's a us lefties. We stick together, especially like the lefties who are like kind of good. We stick together, so we know where to find a good club. Even still to this day, like I can find myself some good used clubs down and back in the golf. It's got to know the right channel. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got it. I like it. Um, all right. So at this point, you're you've sold your clubs, uh, and you're not golfing at all anymore. Your buddy calls you up. I got a couple hundred bucks and free drinks to come play in. Like what was like like a m- member guest kind of thing? It, exactly. Yeah. It was. It was my buddy's brother who was a uh, like a finance guy in Toronto, and he was a member at a at a really at a private really fancy course in in the city. And he, uh, that was exactly, he called me up with a couple hundred bucks, free drinks and food for the day. And then that was it. All right. And take us through it, baby. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he, he called me again. He only knew me because of, I, we had a I was kind of friends with his young brother, uh, through golf. So he knew I was really good. So I was, uh, I quit golf in 19 when I was about 2021. 20, That's when I sold everything off. Um, or kind of in that era. And then when I was 21, he called me and was like, Hey, I got this member guest. He was like 200 bucks or whatever. I'll get you to and from the course, free drinks, free food, everything like that. So I'm like, perfect. Count me in. Money is the only thing I thought and food. Cause at that point I was kind of struggling. Um, so I know a couple weeks before I, I was like, he texted me and was like, Hey, like you good. You can practice. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm fucking dialed, bro. Like I don't worry about me. I'm good. And, uh, and I didn't have clubs obviously. So I went to like Goodwill and, and, uh, like Value Village, like all these thrift stores. And I found this set of like shitty Mizuno cavity backs from three to nine iron. And, and I played with those and some Maxfly wedges of Wilson putter. And I think like that old TaylorMade three wood. 
and some janky two iron. So I grabbed those and some like old ladies, like floral bag. I wore my, my Catholic high school uniform shirt and a pair of uh, Dickies pants that I cut off into shorts. Um, wore that, worked my way down, you know, took, probably took a couple of hours. All right, hold on. Before, before, we, before we jump into the Adderall, I got to just pay respect to the fact that you that you were like, Mizuno, yeah, you can deal with that. Those Wilson wedges, I think you said, or Maxfly, whatever it was, and then the TaylorMade, and then the floral bag. But you went with your high school shirt. It's not even like, listen, if anyone out there is wondering whether or not their friend has a drug or alcohol problem, if they show up to golf with a floral golf bag and their high school jersey and cut off Dickies, chances are they have a problem, right? I think you could back me up on this. Oh, 100%. 100%. I couldn't okay, agree cool. more. And were there, all right, outside of the Adderall, which this, your friend's brother didn't know about, was there any part of him that saw you show up and be like, dude, are you all right? Like, was there no part of him that was just like, oh man, what's up with this dude? Well, I, I show, yeah, he was, I think he started questioning from the beginning because I, I, again, private course, Donald Ross design, anyone from the area is going to know exactly what stuff I'm talking about. Um, you know, my shirt wasn't tucked in, didn't have a belt. I was wearing, I didn't have golf shoes. I didn't want to pay for golf shoes because, you know, money. And uh, I was wearing these, like, this pair of, like, old janky Vans, you know, classics that the, you know, seams are starting to fall apart. So he's like, hey, you got golf shoes? Are you oh, good? I'm like, oh, don't worry about were me. Were they the checkered Vans? What kind of Vans are we talking no, the, oh, about? Slides? Blocks. No, I, I've, never, I've never been a slip-on Vans guy. That's a, it's a controversial topic, but I don't really like slip-on Vans. Okay, no problem. I'll let it slide. I mean, no pun intended. I'll let it slide. All right, so where you pop a couple zannies in the parking lot, or what's up? what time do you have to be to the course? And where did you, where, when did, I mean, no shots at tequila at home or anything like that? You just, where, where does it well, all begin? I, I, was a, I worked as a chef. So that's what kind of threw my, my life into just the disrepair. Is like I, and I started working in the kitchen at, oh, at the golf course over the winter. Um, you know, fell in love with the chef life. So I was working as a chef downtown Toronto. So I, I, I may have snagged a bottle. Uh, went home and, and uh, you know, had a few drinks before I got on the PC, the public transportation, and took my way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had, like, a bunch of nips, like vodka nips and tequila nips in, in my golf bag. I was prepared. Um, so I was kind of taking them throughout the day, and, and uh, I got to the court maybe, like, an hour and a half early, which is absurd. Um, so we, we get down to the driver range, we check in, we do the whole thing. I'm shanking balls left to right and center. This guy thinks that he's just, you know, made a big old mistake. So, um, you know, I just keep drinking, just keep, you know, power through it. You know, you know, you know what it's like. You gotta, you work your way through your little kinks, you figure it out. I had been two years at this point, like since the last time I golfed. So, you know, just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, fix the shanks, get it going. We still have like 40 minutes with a tee off. So I, I went off and I, let me interrupt you real quick. You got there an hour and a half early. That is not, that is not, this let me just tell you what I respect about you. As an addict, I have a lot of friends. I'm in comedy. I have a lot of friends that are addicts or ex-addicts or in recovery addicts. An hour and a half early to golf course for someone who's as deep in it as I think you were at the time still shows your dedication to the golf game. You know what I mean? I appreciate the hell out of that. You're like, yeah, I may have done some drinks at home and then popped two zannies when I got there, but I'm going to be an hour and a half early because I got to hit the range and I got to roll some putts, right? Exactly. That was exactly it. And I, it was, even though I had, I had been away from the game, I, I still loved it more than anything, right? You know, the, the love comes out and I'm happy you saw that. That's It's true. Like, it, 
addicts only get excited for things that they actually like in their normal life. So it was, uh, it was the only thing I really enjoyed in my normal life that I, I still got excited for. Love it. All right, go ahead. You're shanking on the range. Yeah. So we're, whatever, we're, we're ranging, hitting the ball, finally figured it out. I'm hitting these Mizunos, which were great. I had that two iron. I think it was like a Bobby Jones. It was wonderful. Everything, everything starts to like kind of click in my head. I'm like, this is perfect. So as soon as I got it, I stopped, went up to the putting green, went and grabbed some of the free food, which again, private courses, free buffets, member guests, free food. I can't say free food enough because it was incredible. Um, we start, uh, we start doing that. We're getting, you know, the opening ceremonies and everything, and, and we go to tee off. And you know, as we're walking to the to the first tee, I I popped another out. Well, so I already taken one. I took a second just to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm hyper-focused. I wanted to be focused. Um, you know, at this point, I was doing a list like harder drugs, but I, I chose not to do any harder drugs, like, quite yet. You know, I was trying to ease off mm-hmm. it for this day. Um, obviously, that changes later on, but, uh, you know, we, we get to the first key. I'm, I'm feeling good. I got my, my janky outfit, my shitty club, and I uh, proceeded to... Did my first two shot out of bounds, and I made like a seven or eight on the first hole. So I really felt like an asshole at that point. Um, and I think the guy I was playing with really felt like an asshole. Um, you know, I had another nip or two probably. And then as we got to the second hole, I started to feel it. So I, I finished the front nine. Like the, the rest of the front nine was pretty uneventful because I tried to take it serious. I think I finished like my, like one under. It was one or two under after the front nine. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling myself. Like I'm like, this is good. I'm set. Um, as we go make the turn, we had like a 10 minute delay. So in the 10 minute delay, I'm feeling good. So I brought like three and a half, four grams of shrooms yeah. for afterwards, but I was feeling good. So I'm like, I'm going to take them now in like the two and a half hours. Once we finish this round, I'm going to be flying. So when we have this dinner thing later, I'm going to be good. Um, so I took them at the turn, but then once you're sitting there, no, normally for you and you, I mean, cause I feel like mushrooms, it's like a 40 minute to an hour kick in. Were you looking at it? Like. Were these, did you just, were you used to them kicking in later than that? Or were you like, all right, you know what? They'll kick in an hour. We'll be around 13 on the course and I'll just do the last four holes on shrooms. That, that was my exact thought was I, as long as I can make it to like the 13th, 14th hole, I'll probably have a, my score will be really good by then. You know, real cocky. I was like, I'll be like two under or stick at one under and I'll, we'll have a good chance here and I can just kind of float on through the last few holes. That was exactly my thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I pop them, and then we, we get a, a major rainstorm, which isn't unusual for Toronto. You just kind of get storm out of nowhere. So uh, it ended up being like a two-and-a-half or three-hour rain delay, or like a, a really a overly long rain delay. Again, I was on mushrooms, so I can't tell you the exact amount of time. It was long enough for the mushrooms to fully kick in and set in, so yeah. all the croissants I was jamming in my fucking face, those were starting to, like, gather in my stomach. Yeah, Okay. You know, now you're eating, you're so pounding we, we them all down, the and you're on mushrooms. Uh, Are you drinking the whole time as well? At two and a half hours, man, that's a long time. And during that time, did this guy call out to you at any point, like like an hour and a half or two hours into the delay, being like, yo, man, are you on, what is with you? Like, did at any point, did he question the Adderall or shrooms? Like, were you showing signs, or were you just that great of an addict at that point that you could hide anything? Oh, I was just a pretty good addict. And I, I, he didn't know that I was taking anything. He knew I was drinking a bit, but he didn't know I was taking the nips. Um, and I, I, like, I literally, I sat, I would go into, the, into like, the little banquet hall, grab a bunch of food, and I'd go hang out with the caddies. So I was really, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm really keeping myself away from it. I love that. I love the, the, the caddy hang, dude. That's where it's at always anyway for me. So go ahead. 
All right, so you're back out there on the course now. Rain delay's over. You're two and a half hours or probably an hour and a half into these mushrooms kicking in. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're back out. You know, it's starting 10th hole. I'm feeling it already. I'm, I'm on a different fucking planet. I'm like, I'm spaceman. I think I, I, the exact term that I always used was I was like a, I was like an outfielder chasing a butterfly around in the outfield when I was like playing t-ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't even know what I shot. I don't even think I finished every hole. I think I was just kind of floating. Um, so I'm, I'm cruising. We're cruising. <laughs> you know, the caddies are having a great time. They were smoking weed and like during the rain delay. So they, I knew they were, they were having a blast as well. Were you smoking weed with them? No, I don't smoke weed. I never really liked smoking weed. As crazy as that sounds. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. You're like, listen, anything but weed. Okay. Cool. I, All right, go. Yeah, ne- never got in the weed. It's a weird thing. Um, so, yeah, so we're like at the 15th, 16th hole around there. I have no idea what my score is at this point. Like, uh, it's probably dead. And, uh, you know, everything starts coming up. At this point, it's been probably like four hours since I've taken the mushrooms. So, you know, four hours with mushrooms is long enough for it to kind of get through you and, and start getting you the, the farts and the shit. So I, uh, I'm holding it in, I'm holding it in. And eventually I just couldn't anymore. So on the tee box, we're waiting for the group in front of us to go. And I'm sitting there like clutching my gut. And I just like, I mosey on off into the corner. And again, I can't stress enough that I'm on a private golf course designed by, by Donald Ross and like the, and it opened in like 1895. It's absurd that I was there. And, uh, <laughs> And I respect, that's the thing, I respect golf so much. I love golf so much. I respect Donald Ross, like, so much in all of his courses. And it's, like, you know, a bucket list thing to play those places. And I, like, I, you know, I was just a total disaster back then. Um, so, yeah, I, I just made my way off the, off the tee deck. And there's, like, million-dollar houses around the, the tees. And I, I found a little tree. And I, I thought I pulled my pants down in time, but I didn't. And I just started shitting. And I just shit, like, down my leg, down my shoes. <laughs> Like it was everywhere. I'm wiping myself up, and I just I had to play the rest of the fucking round. Did <laughs> the hassle, and I'm like I'm like pouring water on myself, wiping up, and I'm like I I can't. And I I got I, I got a dodge so quick once I once we finished up the round. Like what 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 happened when you came back from the woods? I mean, you must have stunk. Did he say anything? Your b- buddy's brother? Oops, sorry, we cut you off there. Because uh, if you want to listen to the rest, like we said in the beginning. We want you to go down to the description and click the link to subscribe to the Golf Line podcast feed. Go get it in your dish. Uh, and check back next week on the Eric Anders Lang Show, where we're going to have Harrison Crow, recent winner of the Asia Pacific Amateur. And he's going to be playing in the Masters in the Open. But more importantly, he hit the most illegal shot heard round the world, the one that got me kicked out of Scotland. He hit a shot from the Dunvegan which is the bar about a nine iron or a pitching wedge for that man away from the 18th green. And uh, we're going to detail all of what Harrison's been up to. I think he'll finally be sober then. He's been (laughs) drunk for about five days, he said. So uh, I'm pretty proud of him just for that feat. And uh, I wonder if he knows that he's going to be sleeping in the crow's nest. See you Monday. See you, everybody. (laughs) 